I'm just gonna record you guys. <laughs> Stress you out. My sweater's on backwards and inside out, and you say, how appropriate. Welcome to Dollhouse. Welcome. Do we stress you out? Is your sweater on backwards and inside, inside out? out? We love that for you. How appropriate. Thank you. I made it myself. Welcome. We're in a really Lena Dunham Williamsburg 2012 vibe. We literally just like had a real moment of, of Lena Dunham praise this evening and yeah. I don't want it to end. And I know that we just played Alanis Morissette. Yeah, that bitch. <laughs> and now we're like, me, my voice. So did Alanis. But but if they wanted to both come to dinner, I would cook. Oh, that would be wild. Or pay for it. No, I would want to have them separately because I want to talk in a certain tone and at a certain speed that Lena could really vibe with. And then I want to really slow it down for Alanis because she's Canadian. And oh my like, God, that's so thoughtful. Yeah. That is the only way to speak to them because like Lena yeah. would like understand when we are manic. Yeah. And then um, I think Alanis would celebrate when we were morose. Yeah. Alanis would celebrate the mania, but she would definitely make you feel like you should slow down. And I would just be like, oh, no. Like I would I would just like want to crawl into her She's lap. Like very like, 90s. Very down. wait, 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 wait. She's wait. like Canadian and it's like a lot of uh, like deep therapy and like was like engaged to Ryan Reynolds. It's a lot there. Wait, but the being engaged. Okay. Ryan married. Reynolds as married. a person. I think they got married. Right. Being with Lance Mercer and then, and then Blake Lively right after. I know. Nothing in the world will make less sense. Nothing. Nothing in the world would like, fuck me up more as a woman. War between countries makes yeah. more sense than marrying Alanis Morissette and then Blake Lively. I kind of like respect that about Ryan though because I get that because I'm someone who doesn't have a type and anyone looking at my dating history is like, what? Like there's no clear thread that you could find other than like being kind of mean to me. The only answer is that like maybe Blake is deep. She definitely is deep. She is. But like Alanis deep? No way. No one's Alanis deep. No. Alanis is a pure artist. Yeah. She's a pure artist. Yeah. Um, she's like doesn't lives shave her armpits. and breathes yeah. her art. And she was a pure artist from doesn't shave her armpits. Yeah. Sorry, that's like not a But that doesn't make only, you an artist. That makes you like French. But <laughs> I mean, the she like lives and breathes her art so much so that it came out of her like when she was 18 years old, like Jagged Little Pill. I think she was like 19 or 20. No way. Yeah, dude, she was. Did she have good parents then? Because I don't think my parents would have supported me doing that. Um, Mine probably would have. My parents have gotten less supportive of, as I've gotten older. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't like, have parents. <laughs> <laughs> no, my like, I think my parents really would have. I know, but luckily I did not get success. I remember sitting the summer that I got home from college, sitting at the dinner table with my parents and like playing some Maggie Rogers song and being like, I truly thought this in my soul. I was like, you know, I could be her. <laughs> and my mom was like, no, not my mom. My mom was like, mm hmm. Yeah. But like, my dad was like, no, you couldn't. <laughs> and I was like, how? fucking dare you <laughs> yes i could but alanis's parents were like of course jack a little pill like of course yeah i mean they obviously have to have like some like 
I don't know, to let your daughter go on tour with a bunch of men because her band was all male. Yeah. And she was just like on a tour bus with a bunch of dudes touring the country and like probably beyond the country, like an international tour when she <laughs> beyond was beyond the country, also yeah. known as international, also yeah, known yeah. as international travel. But like they have to have something tweaked. What I want everyone to call international travel beyond the country. That's yeah, beyond really the cute. That would be so much sexier than international travel no that's so much beyond the country it's like very poetic it's like thank you i am a poet by trade no you no by soul you were born a poet thank you yeah and i was a poetry major which they say is useless i'll tell you right now you could have a podcast and a job teaching writing and no people don't really understand the gravity of a poetry um, major of your life and like the fact that you you majored in poetry in fucking Charleston. Yeah. And the like most survived. southern city. Right. Yeah, survived. I remember my poetry teacher saying to us, I adored her and I would skip class, go to her office hours. I remember her saying to our entire class one night, she was like, how? And by the way, my class was not cool. Like the poetry majors, it was not cool. We were in Charleston. Everyone was majoring in like communications because like <laughs> it was a party school. Yeah. Or they were majoring in like econ or something. And like I was a poetry major and my class was like an old, old man who was in his 60s named Mike. Nice man. Very nice man. Used the word postcoital cigarette. I remember he wrote love a postcoital cigarette on one of my poems. And I was like, like you were like my vagina just dried up the sahara not the fact that you just said that in your breast smells like rotten eggs but anyway this was my poetry class it was like a man named mike and like a couple of cool people to be fair but i didn't see them as cool at the time like it was it was definitely the weirdos and um i was friends with like cool hipster hippie kids mm -hmm. and like not frat boys or anything but like cool hipster hippie kids that were like yeah I don't know man like what were their fucking majors like I don't know they were all over the place but no like one business was doing marketing they were doing business marketing they were doing like one of my friends was sports mad because he was smart and like and like wanted to have a solid like stable career God you know bless. What's that like? and felt yeah. a calling. calling they all had like some sort of a explanation for their majors and me I was just like I like poetry <laughs> like it's like but anyway my class was not cool anyway I was sitting in it one night but I never missed a fucking class and I skipped every class in college at least once oh, yeah. um and I remember she looked at us in the eyes all of us around the circle because we had to move our desk so it would be a circle and she was like you guys are so lucky. You get to write poetry in Charleston. It's the most southern gothic city there is. And I was it's like, true. It's really she was true. like the only one that survived the Civil War. Like, whoa. Because of a love story. Really? That's like the wives tale about it is that it survived the Civil War because someone was in love with someone that one of the like commanders of the Yankees or whatever the what is it the Union don't know the Confederacy in the Union I think um, was in love with a woman in Charleston and so they never even touched it I they never like, touched it it's Katie untouched. I feel like your past life was that woman <gasps> no really oh no, my god really 
you were the one you you have enough ability to make someone forget that they have guns you make me forget that i'm violent i would like to believe that deeply in my soul i think that a lot of people could say that you make them forget that they're violent Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> wink, wink. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Blessed. Or feel really insecure that they are violent and then they have to be around me and I'm just like, I'm not gonna be. <laughs> what now? <laughs> what will you do next? Oh, Carmen. My cat just Carmen's fell. like, I'm not afraid of you. <laughs> no, my cat dies. For- my cat would rather live with you than me. No, that's not true. I don't take care of living things very well. That's true. I have like a lot of living plants. Yeah, you really fucking do. I kill everything. I have to get two more. Anyways. Um, it, it What's on the docket for t- this evening? We're going to do we're going to do like a, a minute of Lena Dunham. Just we just yeah. really want to thank her. Um, I don't know if it's the premiere of her new movie. I don't know if it's just We got to like, see it together, by the way. I wouldn't I w- so I haven't seen oh, it. Oh, let's do go on Sunday. I'll, I'll probably be free. It would be very fitting if you went the weekend you're recovering from uh female surgery. <laughs> I'm getting um the bottom part of my cervix removed on Friday because Lena I know would love that. I have HPV 1618. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've been crying all day. I'm saying it like like with the spe- like <laughs> like an astronaut, the like sterile spaceship. Um, description of it. Lena would love that. Um, so I just want to let everyone know, like, Katie's not picking me up from the hospital because she has to work, and I do have a job. Yeah. I'm I am just so fucking afraid because I'll be under anesthesia, and I'm infamously known for saying crazy shit under anesthesia. Wait, and tell me the stories. Okay. Well, when I had sinus surgery like 10 years ago from when I was doing too much when cocaine. When you got your nose job? Yeah. <laughs> She's, she never got a nose job. It wasn't job. a nose job. They sucked. She has a perfect little Italian nose. Italian-Irish nose. The Italian noses are big. You got an Irish nose. Lucky you. So did I. No, bless. Like, God bless my God nose. fucking bless. But, we did not get Roman but noses. But the thing about it being so tiny and perfect is that, like, I couldn't handle all the cocaine I was doing. So I had Same to get these. it vacuumed <laughs> out and cauterized. <laughs> And by the way, people don't know what cauterizes. It's when they burn your fucking skin to make the holes of your nose bigger. Yo, dude, they did that to my lip when my dog bit me. They cauterized it. Oh, that's hot. Yeah. Um, so, so when I was under anesthesia for my sinus surgery, my nurse was my friend's mom, Evan's mom, and I had sold Evan's mom's Adderall a few weeks before, <laughs> <laughs> and like. <laughs> I went to their house and he said, like, my mom doesn't want to come downstairs. She doesn't want to, like, see anyone's face to face. And I didn't understand it. And, like, yeah. she ended up coming downstairs anyways. And, like, all my friends had fucked Evan. I'd fucked Evan. He had, like, a huge dick. He's so nice. Like, we all, all American have boy, lacrosse captain, all that it. shit. Yeah, of course we all his know. Evan. Yeah. And so she ended up being my nurse. And so when I got out of anesthesia, the doc like and I'm like coming out of it with my mom in the room and like the doctor the doctor was like you know you said some really wild things while you were under anesthesia and I was like uh, like what <gasps> and he was like well you said you had the best mom in the whole world and I looked at my mom and I go 
wow, I must have been really that fucked up. That is wild. <laughs> and my mom's laughing too. I love my mom, but like we're not perfect. And but like I know that's not what he meant. He yeah. probably meant that I was like, your son has a huge dick and I sold you Adderall. And they probably were like, oh, this girl's telling a tall tale. I don't tell tall tell tall tales. I tell the truth. You tell the truth, which can sometimes sound to other people like a tall tale. Correct. People who are not in touch with the universe. Right. Um, My best friend from high school, who shall remain nameless for this, for the purposes of what I'm about to say, (laughs) said the craziest shit to her mom when she was coming out of her wisdom teeth surgery. They were like, you (laughs) have to make sure that like you, um, it's something like the things that they were going to prescribe her like the painkillers would like cancel out her birth control or something so like don't let people come inside you don't let your boyfriend come inside you and she goes (laughs) she just like said oh god I wish that her mom had gotten a video of this but it doesn't even matter because her mom told us scared I like want to I want to keep my phone like under my back like recording but I also like would only let you I would not want to listen to it I'd be like Katie please listen to what the fuck because it is really funny it's funny but also terrifying because like I really in my like most in my peak Brie moments I just think I'm like meant to just keep fucking talking and like truly no one's no one's meant to do that yeah, like the times that I'm really wasted and like recently when I was really <laughs> wasted and you told me that some shit that I said, I'm like, yeah, you know what? That's true. But I, I wouldn't want to say it. I like have a lot of tact. Yes. In real life. Yeah. I Sober really fucking, without Maker's Mark on the beach. You're yeah, very tactful. I have like a lot of tact. <laughs> so when I don't have right maker, when I have the maker's mark yeah it really does go out the window but I don't you know what to be honest with you I think you'll you as a person would say we're shit sober than you would fucked up you might think that but we don't know I think I know that <laughs> I really do I think you're probably gonna be like say some wholesome shit that's gonna be nice that's really the kindest thing ever because my sister has a Sagittarius moon and like when she was coming out of anesthesia when she got her wisdom teeth out all she asked for was david who's now her husband okay if a sag moon cannot say crazy shit then a scorpio because they're always saying crazy shit i hope that my scorpio moon continues to be a vault even when under anesthesia that's all i can ask for yeah but like there's i i understand the fear but um i mean i really understand the fear because like oh my god carmen is really she's she's high continue um, I understand the fear because I feel like I'm keeping a lot inside at all times. You are. You are. I've yeah. read your I've read your personality portrait yeah. on astro.com and you are. And I love that. I'm about not safe you. in my own brain, to be honest with You're you. You're not. Um, but we were supposed to be giving Lena love. Oh yeah. I think she would love that, actually, all that truth. I just want to say, like, my Katie and I are creating a vision board for like what we want to manifest in the future. And Lena Dunham, the cast of girls, they're on it. Yeah. And it um, changed my life seeing that show. I would not have moved to New York City if it wasn't for that show. Beautifully put. I would not I have was been watching the that show in Rochester. Yeah. I was watching it in Charleston. And no, yeah, only in Charleston. Yeah. Yeah. Because you were in it college. It started so. and finished when I was in Charleston. Yeah. I yeah. was, yep. Well, it finished when I was in the city, but um, and I had to like figure out a way to watch it. But anyways, what's I your just, favorite watching girls' memory? 
Latanya, my friend Latanya and I, yes. um, she had HBO and she's a nurse. So she worked crazy hours and I would just go over there whenever she was out of work and we would smoke a blunt and watch yeah. girls on her enormous TV. Yes. And um, it just fed me. And it was like fed a reliable you. moment of knowing you're, you'll be with your, like, I would walk over her apartment. Like in Rochester, it's not like New York. You don't like walk everywhere. It's only certain yeah neighborhoods you can walk around uh-huh. and we were in a really special neighborhood where we lived near each other and I'd walk to her apartment I'd watch girls and watching girls with anyone besides Latanya like just wasn't the vibe mm-hmm. and uh we'd watch it together and I just felt like anytime I'm with Latanya I can feel like my highest self but like and I I knew I was supposed to move to New York in those moments and like watching Jemima Kirk be Jessa I was like I think that's me yeah I have such a specific memory of like um, watching an episode from it must have been 2016. It was. So it was the final, I guess it was the second to last season or the last season. Yeah. And um, my like special girls person is my friend Cortland. And Ooh. her name is Cortland Jones. I mean, she's going to be so honored that I'm saying her full name on the pod that I'm not even worried about it. She has the most beautiful name, Cortland okay. Jones. It's yeah, like a, it's like the name of a southern. song. Yeah. But she's not Southern. She's from, um, She's from out west. She's from Idaho. So okay, okay. So she's like a western angel. And um, we I have this memory of watching. We have to – I have to ask her. She's a Gemini, so she would definitely know the specific episode and be like very disappointed that I don't. But we have this memory of this one day that I was watching this episode with her from the final season. And we got so fucking – manic uh, from that episode that we were like and again a beautiful big screen tv and she had the best house of any of our friends like it was the house it was called the bogard brothel it was like the house on bogard street It was all the hottest coolest girls lived there and like she was one of them and we were watching it and it was still light out but it was like one of those college days where it's like you can do whatever you want like we were seniors and we just weren't going to class. It was spring in the South. I mean, the best. And we were like, holy fucking shit. Like, did that just happen? I don't, it was a Jemima episode. Like it was a Jessa moment. And we were like, we have to pause it. And before we finish, we have to go across the street to this bar called Cuddy's, which was like this hole in the wall bar. We paused it. We went and we got, was it when she was dating Adam? Uh, yes, dude. Yes. That's was why we had to fight when, when Lena brings her the gift while they're fighting. Oh no, it wasn't that, but it was, it was, that's After an the AA final meeting. I mean, there's so many, the final, but- Jessa and Adam was like, honestly, to, to anyone without a yeah. brain, it was unreal. But to me, it was the most realistic part of the whole show. It was the only natural. You definitely loved that part. I fucking loved that part. The second that they were sharing a cigarette at Marnie's wedding, I said, stop. It's on. Oh my God. I out loud said it's on. Wait, for so many reasons. She has a roller. For so many reasons that episode in our in our life currently is insane. Is insane. Is in beyond insane. Yeah. And they're both fucking sober and they're just like, I just want a minute of freedom from my sobriety. So they're smoking a cigarette together. And they're like, what is and then she has the rollers in and that amazing dress and she's looking incredible. Incredible. And he's looking so tall. So tall. And they make out. It just ruined my – it ruined and made my entire life. Ruined and made. That's the only way But to I just want to say that Cortland and I left. This is very important and girly and cute and you'll love it. 
we left to go to Cuddy's, which is like a dot. It's not you a Dolly's. You probably but left after they did Marnie's makeup with the, with the lip liner and it was That's bad. what I think it was. I think and it was you, the wedding. And we all had to stop watching and for we, a minute. And we went and we got pineapple upside down shots, which That's were like, oh, they were, you would love them. They're I like would. so fruity. They're really not for me because they don't taste like alcohol, but they're like so sweet. And we just got these pineapple upside down shots and we we're like, it was a full moon. And I remember us like covering ourselves in crystals and we got home and like taking a lot of Adderall and being like, it's a full moon. We're covered in crystals. We're so high. And we just took the pineapple upside down shot. So now we're going to finish the episode. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. I love that. Yeah. Anyway, Lena, we love you. Lena, we love you. We appreciate you. You're a genius. Mm-hmm. Okay. So anyway, Elon Musk tweeted, to be clear, I support the left half of the Republican Party <laughs> and the right half of the Democratic Party. I love that so Exclamation much. Exclamation point. Yeah. <laughs> and then he re- replied to his own tweet and said, also, I'm buying Manchester Manchester United. You're welcome. And then somebody, oh, yo, this is the best part. Drita Devanzo comments. Who's and, that? From Mob Wives. Did you not watch Mob Wives? <laughs> no, but <laughs> are you dumb? I'm not dumb. Oh, my God. I was busy. Okay. Drina Devanzo replies, so basically you support the common sense party. That's the party I roll with, too. LOL. <laughs> Hashtag common sense party. And, you know, Drina Devanzo is oh, her Oh, the younger one, right? On Mob Wives. Yes. She looks yes. like Andrea DiMatteo. Like, she looks yeah. like Adriana Laserva. And she's like, her line is like something like, I'll cut your balls off. I'm Drina Devanzo. I'll cut your balls off. <laughs> Yeah, so I love that she's um, – that's where we stand, Teal. That's where we stand, Teal. Wait, today you texted me something really funny. You said, I want to be a registered non-voter. Wait, yeah. I want to say that again without laughing. <laughs> well, Bree texted me and said – I said, I feel a lot better today because I like, hadn't been sleeping normally the last few days as a psycho does. And I texted Katie, go, I'm alive today. And she was like, congratulations. And I said, a sinner, a saint, a registered voter – and then Katie goes, I want to be a registered non-voter. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should have some sort of certification for that. Mm-hmm. You know, because if I had a card to carry around saying that, I'd feel better about it. When I don't carry a card around saying that, I feel, Bree just told me to drink more. Okay. <laughs> um, mm, when I don't carry a card around saying that, I just feel like too laissez-faire and like I'm like, I don't care what happens. When I do right. care what happens, we- I just don't agree with the people who are making things happening right now. Ha- making things happen right now. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, <sighs> yeah. It's almost like last week Trump wasn't raided at Mar-a-Lago by the FBI. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a week ago, that's what we were talking about. I got into like a heated um, thing where we were agreeing each other with each other with my cousin about that. And like he and I were just totally on the same wavelength. And he was like, welcome. Welcome to the questioning side of things. I was like, thank you. It feels good to be here. And my <laughs> aunt was also in the conversation, but we forgot. And she was just standing there looking at us with her jaw dropped because she's like, you know, very old school liberal. And like, because the people who just think, well, if the FBI did something, it must mean something yes, else. It's like, that's, that's not what, what it means. Exactly. I was like, I'm in the questioning phase. The FBI is like, if you're watching the ballet, like they're like the part of the ballet that gets very dramatic, but they're still actors. That's right. Good and good, good 
good metaphor metaphor well simile because you said like oh yeah like or as like or as it's a simile I was a poetry major. No, I wasn't. I was a communications major. Oh, you were. You with were them, one of those comm majors. Yeah, with a minor in fine arts. That's fine. You actually utilized it. You. I you didn't were. need to go to college at all. Trust me. I, I did because of the poetry factor. I went to the most Catholic college on earth. Wait, really? Do you not know that about me? No. I went to this college called Misericordia, which means mercy of the heart. And yet the they heart. didn't teach you what original sin is. I um, ignored it was busy in my head with other things <laughs> wait say it we, the name of it misericordia no that's the name of my college oh my yeah no and it was a originally a nun convent that turned into a college after a massive flood and they like turn it into a university wow a lot of ghosts and then there. there was like no it was only women until like the 90s and they allowed men in and then they started lacrosseing <laughs> Wait, but wait, 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 wait. It started as a women's college? Yeah. Oh, that's profound. Yeah, no. If if everyone on earth – if everyone that followed me understood where I went to college, yeah. they would understand me a lot better. Did you have rules about, like, having guys in your dorm? A thousand percent. No way. Like, Providence had that. Like, all these, like, very provincial Catholic schools that my friends went to had those. Oi, babe. It was very strict. We couldn't, I like, never had a single my, rule. My boyfriend in college got kicked out of – kicked off campus for getting caught smoking weed on in his dorm while playing Guitar Hero. I was out of town visiting my boyfriend who I was cheating on him with the boy that got kicked out of – it's a long story. Of course. But why wouldn't I? Um – that's the yeah. I mean, I like literally they encouraged smoking weed at my school. It was like they I literally weed orientation. Yeah, literally. Like I looked my RA in the eye on my final night of having an RA because you move off campus after freshman year in Charleston. Oh, you do? Yeah, immediately. You because you're cooler because it's like you have to. No, they don't have housing for people past freshmen. Oh, see, they had housing, but. The whole four years, but after. By like, the way, I, I have to say that's very like privileged and annoying that I'm saying that because Charleston is like an expensive city. Yeah. So it's like if you can afford to go, like it's not an expensive school because it's a public Southern college. Oh. So like my sister's As was in a private school. Yeah, my sister's school was like my sister went to BC. It was like sixty seventy thousand dollars a year. Yeah. Mine was like thirty. But I had to live off campus right away. And my rent was like New York rent right away, oh. which I didn't pay. Okay, well, um, so it's like that's very annoying to say. And I'm sure a lot of people who went to college of Charleston on scholarships would be like, um, I got the housing. Like, I'm sure you can get housing if you have to. But like we didn't. But um, the last night that I had an RA, I looked her in the eye. She knocked on my door at like 2 a.m. My RA hated me. Because, right, uh, of course. Um, knocked on my door at 2 a.m. because we were blasting like Lil Boozy or something, some Southern rapper. And my friend's brother was in town who we all thought was very hot. And, of course, he ended up in our room, me and Madeline's room at the end of the night. And we were like partying with him. I had a Bud Light in my fucking hand, Bud Light tall boy in my hand from the corner store. My RA knocks on the door and goes, 
she's just standing there looking at me and I looked at her holding the beer and shut the door right in her face. <laughs> no, you didn't. I shut it right in her face. Wait, did you and Madeline meet because you were like randomly matched? No. Me and Madeline. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. Madeline, me, please don't. Me and Madeline. No, it's okay. She loves when people call. One time a boy she hooked up with called her Madison and she like every time she saw him was like, it's me, Madison. <laughs> She's like a Leo moon. She doesn't give a shit. Okay. Um, so Mads and I have known each other since we were two. She was my cousin Molly's best friend. No. Yeah, growing up. Wait, offline we'll talk about this. Yeah, sure. Because no sure. one's going to give a fuck. Yeah, we, we requested each other as roommates. Molly Donovan was like, I think Madeline Barry is going to college of Charleston. You should. I requested my freshman year roommate. You did? For only superficial reason. Um, Her husband the other day, a few months, a month ago, sent me Hunter Biden's laptop on a... Oh, right! <laughs> On a flash drive in a Como de Garcons hoodie He's because like he owns well a warehouse because he owns a yeah. warehouse of fashion designers. Um, she hooked up with my boyfriend sophomore year and her current husband was like, Brie, tell me they hooked up. I know that you know. You'll tell me the truth. They're yeah. about to get married. And I said, no, they never hooked up. So I was like, right. I'm not going to ruin your wedding. No. Who cares if they hooked up? No. But when they hooked up. It's I not going to change wait, anything. Can I tell you what I did when I found out they hooked up? What? I took his Family Guy DVD and I smashed And you smashed it? A Family Guy. Who fucking cares about a Family Guy DVD? Wait, that's so mean to do, though. My dad, when we got in, like, the biggest fight ever when I was in high school, took my Into the Wild. <laughs> oh, Bree just threw the, my vape back at me and it landed on the floor. It went, like, a thousand miles past Katie. It's fine. I don't need to vape anymore right now. My dad, when we got in a huge fight, took my Into the Wild DVD, which was my most prized possession. Into the Wild was my favorite fucking movie. And say what you will, but that is a beautiful film with one of the best original soundtracks of all time. About, yeah. Into the Wild, Sean Penn directed just it. Go on, okay. Just go on. Um, he took it in front, right in front of my face, broke it in half. I was like, your dad did that. Dads do crazy so shit to their daughters, mean. but like love their sons. My yes. ex, my ex boyfriend's dad. This is a moment where I knew I couldn't marry him. We were in the my ex and his mom were fighting in the kitchen in in the in the dining room because because they do. Yeah. <laughs> and I was in the kitchen loading the dishwasher to avoid the fight, and my ex's dad came in the kitchen with me, and he was, "I'm sorry about them." You know, it's always been a thing that, like, they have a wild relationship. And I go, it's okay. <laughs> you know what? They say parents love their sons and raise their daughters. Raise their daughter. And you know what he said to me? After, like, he was on, like, his fifth glass of wine. He goes, well, what'd they do to you? Oh! My God. Can you believe that? I mean, I'll, I can, but also, like. And so I told, oh my, my I told him, I was like, your dad said this to me. It's those cutting questions. And he was like, I was like, you need to tell your dad that he said that to me. He doesn't know he was wasted. And he was like, I'm not going to tell my dad that. He's a he's an alcoholic and like it's unspoken. And I was like, fuck that. Like you want me to live with you and fuck you after that? No like, way, sir. No way, bro. Last night I saw that my ex announced on Instagram that he's moving in with his with his, with his new girlfriend. And it was late at night, so all my friends were sleeping, and I just, like, had to seethe on my own. Like, God bless. Like, I check everyone's astrology in my life, and I check his yeah. astrology, and I know that, like, he's very much in love with this girl, only through astrology. Um, but I'm just like, damn. Like, I have to go get, like, my cervix removed 
and like dealing with like the the miscarriage of our relationship and the all the things yeah and you guys just move on with your like drunk dad and your new girlfriend who's so cool and chill and like i'm not chill like i might be cool but i'm not chill like right like god bless that you found someone perfect but like it just annoyed the fuck i'm out of so me. chill call me no i'm kidding um <laughs> um yeah no it's i'm not either i'm not chill either and uh you know the only thing we can say if we're gonna be buddhist about it is it's a blessing. It's Lucky a blessing. You. Like I, I want everyone yeah. to be loved. I, yeah. If everyone was loved, this world would be so amazing. And how lucky are we? We get to love ourselves. And like, right. And my life without him is way better. But I'm just a little jealous. The moment, of, the to... moment of comparison that comes after uh, realizing that somebody that like shit didn't work out with, whether it was dramatic or not or whatever, mm-hmm. is moving on in a direction that seems peaceful is like so jarring because you're like oh i get it i'm not peaceful and this is like that's how it feels that's how i felt it's like your life with me was not peaceful and now you're in your peaceful life and like you probably sit and pontificate about how like wow i was in a crazy time i i remember saying this one time to someone on a train i was like you know it's really hard i was coming out of a weird college relationship and I said you know it's really hard to recognize that you were a part of a time in someone's life that they look back on or like shit was wild then it's it's hard to realize that because it's like it's like makes it feel like your fault that you're alone I'm not alone I'm with so not alone but I'm with I'm in a, I'm in a, a much different situation, but I just I know that he's more peaceful not being with me, and I know that I'm not peaceful for him, and I know that I'm not peaceful for a lot of people, right? Hugh like, Taylor Swift. Would it be enough if I could never give you peace? Um, and my friend Anna and I always play that song. Oh, wait, Listen, no, it's would it be enough if, if I, I could never give? You? Like I just. The, but like, but if you stand, the rain it's is why I can't date come. people my own age. He yeah. is a good example of why I can't date people my own age. I know. I I feel the way like I've been having all of these revelations about the partner that I need, and um, like one of the things that I was thinking, and I'm sure you'll relate to this, is that. I really do for all of my talk about like I want just like a douchey, uh, elegantly preppy like guy who makes a lot of money and like comes home to me at night. Like I really do want to be with someone who's an artist or who Mm -hmm. like so deeply appreciates art that it has to be a part of their job in some way. Like I don't know that I can really relate to not integrating that part of me. Like I have always either had service jobs or – jobs that I hate and then been pursuing some kind of art on the side and like the fact that I have a job now that integrates it and the fact that I get to do a podcast with somebody else who like really appreciates art and politics um, (laughs) or anti-politics is like I'm so it's so essential to me like my prayer at night is like please God like let me I hope I find someone who loves me, loves their family and 
loves the art that they create like right. in some capacity whatever it is and right. that can mean so many different things but like that's really important to me it's really important and one of the last fights that he and i got into right around the time when his dad said that crazy shit to me we like got back from partying all night i would i remember exactly where he was standing where i was squatting squatting i was like taking my shoes off and he was like how come whenever we go out Everyone asks about your writing, but no one asks about my art. Oh, I remember this. And you were like, because you're not good at it. I said, be better. What do you want me to do? Be worse? Yeah. And it's like such a fucking evil thing for me to say. No, and it's I'm not. Sure, it's true. But I'm sure when, in his memory, it like it slash it slit his throat. No, yeah. But like for me, it was like, I'm so ambitious that sometimes it's blinding. And I'm so, and like sometimes I like lose touch with reality because I'm so upset. Like when we first started this podcast, I would just put a microphone in front of you in the middle of dinner and be like, start fucking talking. And you, yeah. you'd be like, you're evil. And I'd be like, no, I care about this. And I know that you're supposed to care about it. I just have a feeling. Yeah. And like, I can't be with someone who can't laugh it off that I'm no. like this. No, totally. And it's an ambition combined with like, it's essential to who you are. Right. So like, um, not showing up for life. Like, I can't relate to those people who are like, I feel like part of me lives here and part of me lives there. I'm just fully <laughs> yeah, all of it all at once. And like, I'm always going to have a weird job because of it. Yes. I'm always going to be like, and people will step back and be like, you're not making as much money as me. You're not doing this, I'm not doing that. So you must be unhappy in some way. And I'm like, I'm not unhappy. I'm tired <laughs> yeah, and I'm stressed out because I'm trying to make ends meet. But actually if we're like, I'm doing things on a daily basis that somehow fulfill me in a deeper way than maybe you'll ever be fulfilled. Right. Wow. That's a little harsh, but. No, it's not harsh, Katie. Like, you don't talk about your job, and I understand all. there's a thousand reasons why you don't, but, like, your job is as important as a nurse or a doctor or a surgeon. Thank I really you. believe that. And I wouldn't change even though it would perhaps serve me if you did, I wouldn't change your day to day. If Thank you. <laughs> I would, but no, I'm kidding. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't. Like, I really wouldn't. And I've definitely manifested that in like the way that I show up for my life. But it is um, like everyone else who yeah. majors in poetry works at, you know, Walmart, a coffee shop a coffee and shop, lives with their parents and lives with their parents. <laughs> like you're probably the only person on earth who majored in poetry and then like got to like use it got to wild. teach writing i know it's it is insane but yeah i definitely need to be with someone who appreciates that but i also need to be with someone who um who like does all these practical things for me like i need like uh someone who's like i'm gonna take care i really like notoriously don't ask for help and so like i make everything look really pretty in my life but like actually i like i'm dying for someone to be like I'll make dinner or like I'll like fold the laundry if you bring it to the laundromat when we get home I'll fold it for you like my Venus is in Virgo like at the end of the day and like I have a complication with sorry to get really astrology on everyone's asses no. but like I have a complication because like my Mars is in Scorpio so the way that I perceive attraction is very taboo and um like just like overtly sexual and challenging, like someone should challenge me. 
but love and sex are two separate things that should be integrated and mine are so opposite that it's it's very difficult for me to understand like I actually do want someone that I can just like who can just like sit make me dinner and then like watch me shovel it down my throat Mm. while I'm like opening a zoom or something (laughs) and like finishing stuff and like I'm like shoveling food down and they'll just be like yeah yeah That's, that's her that's possible that's real yeah anyway thinking a lot about love because I watched the um, Paul Newman, Joanne Woodward doc and like <laughs> they're just like the the emblem of an artistic couple like both like the king and queen of old Hollywood mm. and they were both artists and they had a really tumultuous relationship because any two artists together they will yeah. and also Paul Newman was so incredibly deeply hot physically and Joanne Woodward I find her to be really hot but like she wasn't on the surface that attractive mm-hmm. but she was like so deeply attractive as a person mm-hmm. um and like but didn't look like Grace Kelly you know mm-hmm. and so like a lot of people were like why is he with her but it was obvious it's like cuz she's so deeply talented and like this is what I wish for us Is that not that because we're actually beautiful as well. So I understand it can be intimidating. (laughs) But like just for someone to be like, wow, I really. I just admire you. That's how he felt about her was like he just deeply admired her and he made she made him want to be a successful actor because he just so deeply admired her artistic abilities and like that, I, just watching it brings me to tears. I'm like, that's all I fucking want. Mm. But also, can you cook too? Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to always cook. No. I have to be. Yeah, the soundtrack, or not on the soundtrack, but at least in the promotional material for the Paul Newman doc, is Beautiful People with Beautiful Problems, Lana Del Rey, Stevie Nicks sings on the track. Lana could not be more perfect for that story because she's so old Hollywood like yeah worship the old world for all of its glory and like why are we try like she came on the scene and was like yeah I'm just a in love with Harvey Weinstein feminine woman yeah who loves masculinity yeah what of it like the fact that like when I listened to Lana's last album Blue Bannisters and even what was the one right before that Oh, it was um before Norman fuck after Norman fucking Rockwell. Wait, so it was uh the one that Dance Till We Die is on? Yeah. What is it called? The blue Hold background on. on the Wait, art. Dance Till We Die is um Chemtrails over the Country Club. There's just so much Harvey Weinstein and such a good name. All that Chemtrails she puts over out. the Country Club. Ugh. Yeah, there's so much Harvey. And people don't talk about it enough. But the thing is that she was into it. It was very consensual and it tickled her. Yeah. And why can't we celebrate that for her? Because we're incapable as a society of not clinging to polarizing like one side or the other views. And like Lana um, like is now becoming I, – I have worshipped her since Day one. 2011 when mm-hmm. like it, I first heard – video games in my high school bedroom on Adderall and like (laughs) I just don't I've always fucking worshipped her but now luckily she's having so many more people like 
you don't have to qualify why you love Lana Del Rey anymore. And like you used to have to qualify at hardcore. Like I showed up to college with a few things in tow and a couple of those things were giant Lana Del Rey posters that my dad had printed for me at his advertising agency. Like he had some poor, like, God, the the assistant that had to print those, but because like, I know my dad wasn't standing over the printer, but like some woman (laughs) like me is like, I'm an assistant. So it's like some woman like me was standing over that printer as a naked photo of Lana Del Rey with a diamond in her mouth was printed. And just like jealous that her dad doesn't do that. Yeah. And my dad just kind of, it's like such a Capricorn just brought them home. It's like, here, I printed your posters. And like, dad, do you know this is Lana Del Rey naked with a boa on her and a diamond in her mouth? And this is what I'm hanging over my bed yeah he was like yeah I I see that and okay I my first intro to Lana Del Rey was through my friend Liz yeah my first romantic partner in life and because Lana's real name is Lizzie Grant and Liz's real name is Liz and um (laughs) she would call herself Lizzie Grant and she was this girl Lana Del Rey yeah and um I I don't want to admit this, but I just I would never want to lie on Lana. I didn't discover her until the pandemic. Yeah, and I would sit in my hammock hysterically crying with a jewel in my mouth, listening to Norman fucking Rockwell. Listening to Norman fucking. And I love that you thought because, and this is good, and this I affirm this. You were like, I was like, wait, you know that I was saying, oh, this album reminds me of so and so who I was dating in 2019. You were like, wait. Norman fucking Rockwell came out in 2019 and I was like yes and I thought like, I came out the first my time. world is shattered and I was like no Lana just predicts life like that like because yes. it's such a dystopian album about like the greatest is literally a 2020 record but like or single or whatever but it's um but but she wrote it in like 2018 probably I know she's must have a lot of Aquarius in her chart because she's very forward thinking but she is I was but a in, cancer. That's why she's a sweet feminine soul. It's so much delicate. Yeah, delicate, delicate. I won't go into who I was thinking about. Maybe I should, but you maybe. should. I was dating someone we've referred to before on this podcast as the boss. I love that. And Lana would die. She, yeah, he's. Um, she has that song. You can be the boss, daddy. You can be the boss. Tastes like a keg party down at the sauce. <laughs> like you a lot. Yeah, that wasn't – it's not as – You can be the boss, it's called. He's way more depressing than that. Yeah. Um, but also not. He's He immigrated to America when he was 19. I mean, he, like, had a lot of time in America before he officially moved here. But he's tortured is my point. Yeah. And he got me in an apartment across the street from his bodega that he owns. Yeah. And I thought we were going to be together forever. And it, like, absolutely was not that. And then, like, he – this all like our relationship hit a peak during the pandemic and he was being incredibly emotionally abusive and I thought yeah. nothing of it because it was the world was ending and I thought everything was supposed to feel bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like listening to Lana on I would I would be in the hammock listening to Lana and he would be partying at the hotel next door. Yeah. So there'd just be a fence between the two of us and I would hear him with other people partying. This is a perfect time to discover Lana. Yeah. And I remember he like wanted me to lose weight. He thought I was overweight. I just I had I didn't know my food allergies. I wasn't what I I wasn't in perfect shape. Some people wouldn't give a fuck. He gives a he's very shallow. Yeah. And it was just torture to hear him at this pool that no one was allowed to go to unless you knew the owner of this hotel. 
and listen to this song and be like, I want to party with you. I just want to come party with you because the world's ending. And yeah. I'm not allowed to party with you because you think I'm fat. So I'm going to like lay <laughs> on this hammock. It's so funny because, yeah, I mean, I really identify like when I first heard Lana, I was like 18, 17, 18. And I was like, as I still am, in love with all the wrong men. But also like savoring that pain and yeah. like the the longing, which is like what a poet should do and it's what Lana did. And it was like her whole – like she shaped – uh she got me through and supported that like was compassionate toward the way I was already feeling. Mm -hmm. Like I was already feeling that I was already going to be wallowing in like whatever that feeling was. But Lana really told me like, yeah, like be resigned, be beautiful, be, be angelic in this darkness and like all will be well. And I believe that. I believe yeah. that if you act graceful, even when you're in a million pieces, Totally. But it's way better. And admit that you like the million pieces because that's what Lana's all about being like, yeah, shit is shattered. I love it. But, but like allow yourself to be shattered with your close friends. Yeah. Exactly. Don't make your close friends wait five years for you to know that you're shattered. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I have friends like that and I'm like exhausted. Yeah, that is exhausting. Shall we just go and listen to Lana for the rest of the night? Should we? Yeah, we love you guys. We recommend Beautiful People with Beautiful Problems right now. <laughs>